Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Greetings, Watoto family. It's good to see all of you here today. Good to see you, everyone here at Watoto Church downtown. Those online, those on air. It's a privilege that you would join in today to worship the Lord with us. And his name is Yahweh, the King of Kings. And his name is who? Jesus, and we bless his, his holy name. So thank you so much for celebrating Christ with us here today. My name is Lalobo, James Lees, Okoro Badiah. Many other names I go by, the son of Okoro George E.L. Don't worry about that. I am simply Lalobo James, amen? It's good to be here. I'm, I have the privilege of being the pastor of Watoto Church, Lubor, and with my wife, Deborah, we've been there for the last seven years, and we really praise God for his faithfulness and his goodness in our lives, and thank you so much. Pastor Brian, thank you so much for hosting me and allowing me to stand at the pulpit right here downtown. Let's give it up for Pastor Brian right over here. What a great pastor you have. A great brother of mine as well after suffering the sufferings we suffered in COVID. But we bless the Lord for his goodness and his kindness. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. And as we turn to the pages of your word, Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you will speak to our hearts. You will challenge us. You will strengthen us. You will encourage us, rebuke us, correct us, and renew in us this zeal to be a people of prayer. We give you thanks for that. Bless you, people, as you anoint your servant. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. We're in our sermon series, Effective Prayer, and today is going to be really the last message on the subject of effective prayer. I personally have been blessed, been challenged, been inspired. I've been reignited. I, I, the joy of prayer is being restored inside of me. I hope that's been the case for you as well. And I pray that as we finish today, you will not leave prayer at the sermon, but you will leave it out every single day. Our theme scripture for this series is really James 5 and 16, which reads, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and what? Effective. In other words, James is saying, do not underestimate the prayer you make as a believer because God has ordained that through prayer, he would release his power to bring the change that is desired in your situation and in the nation and wherever we may be. So do not underestimate it. And over the last two weekends, we've been trying to understand the basic principles of effective prayer through the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 6 from verse 5 to 14. And two of them that came up is this, that effective prayer is really a devotion, an expression of devotion to God. But secondly, effective prayer is an act of dependence on God. So last Sunday, right in the middle of the service, I just told the guys, bow your heads for 60 seconds and pray. Ask God for whatever you need, whatever you want. And so they did. This morning as I was driving uh, into town to come to, 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 to preach here today, a friend of mine texted me and said, Pastor, here's a testimony for the 60 seconds last week. When he asked us to bow our heads down, we, we, my wife and I were in a place of lack and need. We needed, you know, rent to pay the bills and all these things. And so he, 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 he bowed his head with his wife and said, Lord, provide for us this and even give us much more than what we need. His wife is actually expecting a child right now. And so he says, on Tuesday, one of his clients calls him and says, you know what? On top of what I'm going to pay you on your invoice, please add 5 million shillings. And then on Thursday, they gave him the 5 million shillings more than what he had expected. All bills cleared now, and his wife is going to give birth without Mabanja. Hallelujah. Mabanja means debt. So it is important for us to realize that when we pray, God hears us, but he also does what? He answers us. So the third principle I want to teach on today or preach about today comes from Luke 18. 
And Luke 18 is another way when Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And we're going to read it together. It's going up on the screen. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's very key for our sermon today. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God, Bring about justice for these chosen ones, for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? From that portion of scripture, it's clear that prayer is not to be just the event of it. Or to be prayed, you don't pray only when you feel convenient about it or when you feel like I feel like praying. But we see Jesus teaching us that prayer must be something we do continuously, consistently, wherever we are and every single moment of our lives. Putting it in another way, Jesus is saying we must learn to be persistent in prayer. And that is the third principle I want to teach on today. And that is effective prayer calls for persistence in prayer, so to speak. The word persistent in the English dictionary is continuous, unrelenting, unceasing, perpetual. Something that you continually do, consistently do something without giving in or giving way. In fact, Jesus defines persistent prayer this way in both Matthew 7 and Luke 11. It says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks up the door is opened for them. If you are to think about the whole aspect of persistence in prayer, it is really the principle of making prayer a way of life. That is why we're persistent. In our very first message of this series, we stated that prayer is a sacred moment of connection with God. You don't connect with God once a year, Christmas, Easter, or other days. You connect with God every single day. So persistence in prayer is really the principle of making prayer a way of life. When we pray, it's a discipline that helps us to grow closer to God, that helps us to be strengthened in our faith, that sustains us. Prayer is that avenue through which we hear God's heart. Prayer is that avenue through which you and I are able to plug into the will of our Father in heaven. And therefore, we ought to pray. But much more than that, we can all agree that there are things in our lives, and there are things in this country there are things in your family, there are situations in your community that will not go overnight unless you're persistent in prayer. There are things that won't just be there and you pray once and they go, no. We have to learn to remain in a place of prayer if you're going to see the change come. Jesus said this when he cast out the demon, the deaf and mute spirit from the boy who had epilepsy. His disciples had failed to cast out the demon. Privately, the disciples came to him and said, Master, how comes we couldn't cast this out? Jesus says something that all of us must listen to. He said, this kind doesn't go except by what? Prayer. Not prayer in the moment, but you must have lived up a prayed up life. So that then in the moment when you encounter the demon, you don't first go back to pray, but you already prayed up and then you just cast out the devils. So prayer ought to be a way of life. And if you're going to see the effectiveness of prayer, we must be persistent, unrelenting, and unceasing because we know God hears and he answers. 
but there could be a quiet question in your hearts today. Okay, well, Pastor, how long should I pray? How persistent should I be? I have prayed for this. I have prayed for that. I have prayed for the salvation of a loved one. I have prayed for, uh, for healing for so and so. In fact, I prayed for them and they died. I have prayed for, for, for a miracle of this or that. I have prayed for a job. I prayed for selling equipment. But so, so how long should I pray? It's been 10 years, Pastor. How long? Shouldn't I even just give up praying? And this is real stuff, right? And it's very frustrating. And it's possible that you've been sitting here today and you seem to have given up or you're online and you're watching and you feel like, ah, nah, I'm going to give up on praying. Before you make that decision, I want to give you three reasons why you shouldn't give up on praying. I want to give you three reasons why you must remain persistent in prayer. And all of them sound very obvious, but listen to me. The very first reason why you must be persistent in prayer is because God is good. I know we chant around and say, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good and that's his nature. Wow. But when the rubber meets the road, sometimes we're like, but is God really good? God is good. Hallelujah. When you read the text, we, we, when you go through the text, the Bible says this, the judge refused for a season to answer, to give her justice, but because she persisted, what happened? The judge eventually was able to give her the justice. He says, compare that judge. Think about that judge in light, of, in, in light of your father in heaven. Your father in heaven is just and he is good and he will come through for you. It's a comparison. It's a contrasting. It's not even a comparison. He's really contrasting between the unjust judge and the just God, our father in heaven. In fact, Jesus put it in another way in Matthew 7, 9 11. He says, or oh, which of you here today, if your son asks for a loaf of bread, you'll give him a stone. Or if you ask him for fish, you'd give him a snake. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more your father in heaven give you great gifts when you ask of him. God is good. Everything he does is good. Everything he does is right and true. There is no darkness. There is no evil in God. So whatever he does is right. Listen to this. Psalm 84 from verses 11 to 12 says this. The Lord is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor on those who walk uprightly with him. He withholds nothing good from those who fear him. Oh, how blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Friends, God will never give you what is but. God will never deny you what you need. But this is what you also need to understand. When he says no, he is giving you good. When he says wait, he's also doing what? Good. Many of the times we say God is good because he answered the prayer. God is good because he gave us as we expected. God is good whether he gave you as you expected or as you didn't expect. In the waiting, God is good. Romans 8 and 28 tells us this, and we know that God works out all things for the good of they who love him and are called according to his what? Purpose. Have you considered that God is doing good in your waiting? Have you considered that when God said no to that prayer request, he actually gave you what was better than what you asked? So persist because God is what? Good. Seven years ago when I was asked, together with my wife, to go to Luboa, one of the key things that needed to happen was we needed to shift house. Now, I lived, on, I lived in Mokono. The price, the rent of, um, the price, the rental price in Mokono and the rental price on Entebbe Road are night and day. They, they don't mix, they don't match. 
So when we shift this side, man, the rent is over the roof. Where I was living in Mokono was a technically a four-bedroom house. It had a guest wing. And I was paying 550,000 Uganda shillings. To get the same house on Nintebe Road was twice or three times. For six months, we believed the Lord. And I remember coming to, to my wife and said, you know what, honey? God has said, let's chill. For three and a half years, I commuted for 25 kilometers, 50 kilometers per day. Some days by taxi. Finally, the Lord comes to us about there, about six months before we shift. And he tells me the cloud has shifted. I tell my wife the cloud has shifted. And she says, yes, it has actually shifted. Six months after that, we got a house, same number of bedrooms. But the compound is three plots of land. And I'm paying 700,000 shillings. I know, Pastor Byron, you've been to my home and with Violet, you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to brag, but I'm telling you this. God is good. Even in the quiet, even in the silence, even when we don't see him, he is working. So stay persistent in prayer. Hallelujah. The second reason why you must remain persistent in prayer is because God is faithful. Verse 7 of Luke 18 says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. In other words, God will surely come through and answer your prayer because he said he answers prayer. He is faithful to keep his word to you. In fact, Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man to lie, nor the son of man that should change his mind. Has he promised and not fulfilled? Has he spoken and not acted? You can count on God to fulfill his word in your life. He's faithful. He's not a liar. He doesn't change his mind anyhow. No. Trust him. Count on him. Jeremiah 1, 12, the Lord himself says this. I am watching over my word to perform it. And true to the dot, he does. Simeon in Luke chapter 2 is a story that is very beautiful to help us understand the faithfulness of God. The Bible tells us that Simeon was a righteous man from verse 25 to 30. You could go read that. He was a righteous man who was devout. The Holy Spirit was upon him. That's what the scriptures tell us. And because the Holy Spirit was upon him, he lived a righteous life all his days. And the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit had revealed to him, listen, this was the promise God gave him. You will not die until you've seen the Lord's Christ. When they're taking Jesus to the temple to be dedicated, the Bible says that being led by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple and found the baby Jesus. Taking him by his arms, he exclaimed these words. In verse 29, he says, Oh, good Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Now I have beheld the salvation of the Lord. In other words, you have fulfilled your word. Let me die in peace. God will fulfill his word in your life. That promise on your family, that promise for a child, that promise for a house, that promise for whatever, whatever he has promised you on a person or not, he will fulfill it. But not just you personally. When you continue reading towards the end of Luke chapter 2, it tells us there was a lady called Anna who was widowed after she'd been married for seven, seven years and she had lived in the temple praying day and night, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, looking forward to the salvation. And when she came into the temple, she saw the baby Jesus and she rejoiced. And here's what the Bible says. She went and told everyone else 
who was also looking forward to the salvation of Israel. You see, God will fulfill his specific word to you and he will fulfill every promise he has put in the scriptures. And that's why Paul says every promise in Christ Jesus is a yes and what? Amen. Let me say this to you, brothers and sisters. God will fulfill his word and you can persist in prayer. But the third reason why I want to encourage you today not to give up in prayer is this. Jesus said, persist. I had someone just say, eh? Yes. I mean, we, you see, you might be thinking, I'm going to give you another super extreme deep revelation. No, it's simple. Jesus said what? Persist. Luke 18 verse 1, what did he say? He told them a parable to show them that they always ought to pray and never do what? Give up. What is he telling them? Persist. And you see, it's his desire that you and I learn the principle of making prayer a way of life. He was not asking us to do what he wasn't doing. In Luke 5 and 16, the scripture said that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to do what? To pray. Though he prayed sometimes in public, it was his custom to spend time with his father and connect with his father, to know what his father wants. That's why he's able to say, I only do the things I see my father do. I only say the things I hear my father say. How do you think he does that? He did that because he spent time in the presence of his father. So he's calling you and I to a place where prayer is not an event, it's not a moment, but prayer becomes a way that we live. Every single moment. In fact, the Apostle Paul is and says, pray always, pray without ceasing. We make prayer a way of life. I want you to ask yourself, is this the kind of way you live? Because Jesus said, persist. The real last portion of verse 8 of Luke 18 says this, and when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? on the earth you see making prayer a way of life is really also staying in faith so when the lord jesus comes tomorrow when the lord jesus comes to, tonight when he comes right now he will find you in a place of waiting on him hallelujah so don't give up because god is good god is faithful and jesus said persist in fact, I love this thought from the scriptures. It says that even though the cross was painful, Jesus persisted to the very end. Persist to the very end. That's why you and I are born again today because of what Jesus did. He endured it. So having said this, what does this really mean for us on a more practical day-to-day -day basis? What, what, what's, what do you walk away from today? with today simply two things that i want to let you do or encourage you to do now that you know you should pray without ceasing two things pray until something happens there's a generation which was about my generation at compass they used to call the prayer meetings push pray until something happens but i want you to listen from the words of isaiah the prophet who understood this principle in isaiah 62 verse 1 he says because i love zion I will not keep silent. 
Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. Verse 6, all Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually to take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. The Lord has sworn to Jerusalem by his own strength. I will never again hand you over to your enemies. Never again will foreign warriors come and take away your grain and your new wine. Pray until God establishes his promise in your life. Pray until the will of God is done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray until he finishes what he started. We don't just say he will begin a good work, we'll finish it. He will finish it. But he's calling you to be in a place of prayer. Where you're consistent. You pray until you see the manifestation of the goodness of God take place in your life and in this world. Daniel, in Daniel 10, scriptures tell us he had been praying for 21 days. And on the 24th day of that particular month while he was standing by the river, the Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord came to him. And in verse 12, the angel said to him, Daniel, do not be afraid. For the moment you started to seek understanding and pray to God, your prayers were heard in heaven. And I have come in response to your prayer. Can I say this? God does not hear you on the 21st day. Neither does he hear you at the end of the 40-day fast. It started the first day you prayed. Hallelujah. But Daniel remained in prayer 21 days. He had no idea what was going on in the heavens. Because the next verse in 13 says this. But uh, the prince of Persia withstood me until God sent angel Michael to come and fight. And therefore I've now come. We now learn this. That Satan is trying to keep you from receiving what you need. So if you remain in a place of prayer. <laughs> woo, watch out Satan. Because God is going to send reinforcement that you receive your answer to prayer. So pray until something happens. Paul said we don't wage war against flesh and blood. So pray until something happens. But the second takeaway for you today is this. Pray regardless of the outcome. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give the Lord praise on that one. Pray regardless of the outcome. What that means is that it's easier to pray when God is answering everything. And we can get discouraged when we have taken long in prayer. Like, but God, I've prayed for so long. Why should I even continue praying? No, 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 no. Pray regardless. And this is why. In fact, let me read for you the text and I'll tell you why. Second Corinthians says it this. Paul was speaking about what God was doing in his life. And he says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Listen to, listen to me, friends. You pray regardless of the outcome because God is not only interested in giving you what you ask, but he's interested in forming maturity in you. That's what Paul tells us. To keep him humble. <laughs> there are things God won't give you because he knows they will destroy you. But there are things God won't give you because he also wants you to be formed into a certain person. 
Therefore, pray regardless of the outcome. Hallelujah. Well, I can go on and on with this, but let me wrap this up. If you and I are going to see the effectiveness and the power through prayer, we must be persistent, unrelenting, and unceasing. Because we know God hears and God answers. Because God is good, is faithful, and Jesus said what? Persist. And as we do that, we will see God move mountains in our lives. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey, hey,